This week, in the first of our Voices of Sedona podcast series, I'm talking to a magnificent woman named Catherine Lash. Catherine started her career as a school teacher, but she now runs the Spirit Quest Sedona Retreats, which does amazing work helping people to connect with their life purpose and their soul. In the first part of this interview, I asked Catherine how to develop a practice, a spiritual practice that will allow you to live in alignment with your soul and more importantly for all of us here in uh, who don't live in Sedona, which is such an incredibly spiritual place, how to do it in everyday life, you know, even when you're not actually in a retreat. Also, do stay tuned because in a couple of weeks' time, I'll bring you the second half of my chat with Catherine, which is all about how she moved from her work as a school teacher to running this very successful healing retreat center. I know that running a retreat center is something many of you guys would love to do, so stay tuned for that. the Mainly Moonology podcast. I'm your host, Yasmin Boland, an award-winning astrologer and the Sunday Times best-selling author of books including Moonology and creator of the Moonology Oracle Cards. My intention for this podcast is to help you understand how you can create your dream life using Mainly Moonology, the moon, as your guide. So I'm here with Catherine Lash from Spirit Quest Sedona. So when I came here, I just wanted to connect with some people from Sedona for various reasons, Um, partly because I wanted to tap into the healing energy, partly because this place is so famous and I wanted to understand, you know, who is sort of holding the energy here. And uh, partly because I knew that a lot of people who listen to my podcast or watch things on Facebook or Instagram would be really curious about something that I wanted to ask you about, which is running a spiritual business. Okay. Yeah. So Catherine, please, can you just start off by telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Yeah. My name is Catherine Lash and basically I started a company in 2007 and the name is Spirit Quest, Sedona Retreat. So it is a retreat business, but um, that idea of a quest for spirit, you know, is something that I thought long and hard to develop a name for what I'm doing. So the idea is, you know, in Ayurvedic medicine, it's really more of a holistic approach. We have a physical body, we have an emotional body, we have our rational body, but we also have an energetic or a conscious body. Mm -hmm. And we're very aware of how much we spend time with our physical bodies. (laughs) We touch in with our emotions constantly throughout the day, and we also have thoughts continually going. But it's interesting how much I ask people to what degree do you interact with your energetic body or nurture your your soul self? And that's an alien concept to some people. So I was real interested in that. And I realized that, you know, that's really who we truly are. We are not our thoughts. We are not our feelings. And we are not just our bodies. In fact, we leave our bodies behind <laughs> when we when we leave. And So it's like that spaciousness of being in spirit 
and how to develop a practice or a nurturing daily to stay in alignment with that and even understand what it is. Because when we ask someone, do you know your body? Yeah, you know your body. You know what it likes, what it doesn't like, how to care for it, what shampoo to use, what toothpaste. And when you know your feelings, yeah, you ask someone, they know their feelings. They know the feelings that have been coming up. They know the thoughts, the types of thoughts that have been coming in. But not everyone, when you ask them the question, tell me about your soul self, who are you at your very core? Yet that is truly who we are. And the more we can develop a practice to live in that space the majority of the time, which is where peace and freedom resides, then we're really going to find that joy in our lives that we deserve. Okay, so that's actually a question that's been coming up for me uh, in the last couple of weeks because I just spent um, a week in, actually I just spent a week in Fintorn in Scotland, if you've heard of that place, it's amazing. Mm. Then I went to India for a week to an ashram I've been going to for about 15 years and uh, and here I am now in Sedona. And one of my questions has been, you know, it's all very well being all cosmic when I'm sitting in a ashram in India or in Sedona uh, communing with the energies here. But um, And for someone who doesn't live in Sedona as you do, how do you incorporate that spirituality into your daily life? But also, as I said, I really want to go into in your business because, sure, you could meditate, so, you know, 5, 10, 20 minutes, an hour, or even two hours a day. But eventually, if you're going to be living a normal, sort of so-called normal life where you're going to work and you're driving through traffic and you're getting your kids off to school and you're, um, you know, taking the garbage out, how do you, what, what do you say, someone who's obviously made this her life's work, how, what do you say about staying really connected all the time during all of that? Yes, that's a very good question. Yeah, the Sufis say, be in the world, but not of the world. So we are in this world and we do have jobs. We do have responsibilities for sure. But it's kind of a practice of being an observer and sort of flying up to and looking at that from that bigger perspective on your life um, and then engaging in your life. But realizing that there's a difference between the two. There are times, yes, we have to use our our minds. We've got to get that list. We've got to get those goals down. We've got to, you know, take care of business. But there is a spaciousness of being. There is a place that is not confined by rules and by dogma and by, um, you know, the shoulds and shouldn'ts. And to be able to find that place and reside in it, that is what Sedona is is offering to people. And because, you know, you've heard of the vortex sites in Sedona, because there's such beauty here, because of such magnificence, the hematite in the rocks was used in the ancient uh, healing um, rituals of the Egyptians and so forth. Um, there's a real grounding that occurs when you walk out on these red rocks, even though they have crystals growing, it's like walking on a bed of crystals. So you've got that high vibration, but you also have that groundedness. So people do travel here from all over the world to work through that whirlwind of life and say, how can I 
hold a space within myself. Yeah, when I go home. Right, when I go home. And so that life happens. But you know at the center of every storm, it is completely calm. So if our life is sort of the storm, then we need to return constantly to the center just to... So it's kind of this too shall pass, like realizing when you stay expanded and not contracted, that anything can come, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And you can stand strong and confident and just let it move through you and believe that you are protected, you're, you're supported because you have that connection with source. And you mentioned the crystals in Sedona. Are there any particular crystals that the area is famous for or is it uh, what, what sort of crystals are we talking yeah, so you know the crystals in the in the in the rocks here, and they're they consist of a lot of different um, elements to them. But yeah, there's there's quartz. Oh, is that? Yeah, and there's and that explains a lot actually. Yeah, thank you. Ben. <clears throat> you can um, and there's an area out toward the village where you can even dig for crystals and so forth. Um, but the idea is that. You know, a lot of these rocks are sandstone and limestone, mm -hmm. which are continually shedding, especially the sandstone, sloughing, shedding, um, moving. Um, but the crystals, as we know, remain, they're a little bit harder in their construction and remain more, more consistent. So a lot of people or practitioners in Sedona use them as metaphors and, and truly as physical objects that they hold in their hands and wear on their bodies, both the physicality and the, the metaphorical or the symbolic of how, say, for example, quartz crystals provide clarity, they're clear, direction, uh, transparency. Amplifies. Amplifies in our yeah. lives. Yeah. So they remind us of these things, how important it is in our own lives to be clear, transparent, have a direction. So at Spirit Quest, we deal a lot with um, sort of people finding their mission again and their purpose again. Oh, okay. Interesting. And uh, that, that's very interesting. So people come here. So I was wondering, is that one of your main main things at Spirit Quest Sedona retreats? Is that one of the main things you do is, is purpose? purpose? Is that something a lot of people struggle with, especially yes. sort of middle age when the kids have grown up? It's right. And do you get men and women, or is it nearly all women or mixture? Or? It used to be 80% women, but these days we're getting almost as many men as women. So it's really wonderful. So tell me, what did you do, Catherine, before you did this? So I was a secondary school teacher, mm. and I have worked with thousands of young people. Um, I also have always been interested in alternative health, so mm. I've done thousands of sessions, you know, and interacted with nature. I really, there is a shamanic aspect to our business. Sort of we use Eastern modalities and Western modalities, but we bring in shamanic or land earth-based as well. So we have the medicine wheel, we have um, interactions with the elements, you know, earth, fire, water, how to work with these elements, ether as spirit, in our lives just to maintain that that balance. You know, on Spirit Quest, a lot of people are going through transition. I would say the number one way to describe our, the business 
is when people go through transition, it's a hard time for them, right? It's one of our hardest times when there's uncertainty, things are changing, we don't know how to navigate that. So we help people do that, reduce their stress, get the tools and skills to, to navigate through those transitional times. Right. And uh, what is like, say, the most loved or the most useful modality you use for transitions? Just for people who are watching thinking, oh, I can't actually go there right now. But <laughs> what's the number one tip? Well, we can't do Zoom and we can help people even okay. over the internet. Um, but here in Sedona, we love, we find that the breath work is just... Breath work so be powerful, suddenly come out of nowhere. I was talking to my son last night and he was telling me how he got stressed in an exam and I said, darling, you should have, and he basically interrupted me. He said, I know, mommy, I should have done breath work. I don't know why I didn't. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I personally, and, and this is true for a lot of people in Sedona, practitioners, we've all been through the dark night of the soul. I personally went through it and... You know, I had panic attacks for five years. In the middle of the night, I would wake up. I was attacked in my own home, was sleeping as a 13-year-old mom and dad in the next room, the safest place you could imagine, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And boom, wake up. There's a, a person on top of you and smelling of alcohol, so I'm attacking you. And, and so, um, you know, I had panic attacks for five years where so I would wake up out of a sleep thinking I was going to die. Yeah. And of course, I was given in Western medicine, I was given the anti-anxiety pills and all those things, Yeah. Um, which it maybe helped for a little while, but no, it didn't make them go away. The main thing that finally made them go away was to become present in my body. Because when we're having a panic attack or anxiety, we tend to spin in those thoughts. Yeah. And so to bring us back down into our body, no, I'm here right now in this body. Yeah. And nothing really is happening at this moment. I'm sort of creating it with my mind and my thoughts. Yeah. So with breath, breath work, like breathing in and doing specific like pranayama and specific, which we teach at our center, our retreat center, is to utilize these breath forms um, to do that and to learn more about being in the present moment. Yeah, and, and the breath brings you back to the present. Yes, and back into your body. Yeah. I'm actually only, I've been doing breath work for quite a few years um, for people in Australia, sorry, and England. Um, there was an astrologer called Jonathan Kainer. You probably haven't heard of him out here. He was extremely well known in the UK and Australia. Mm -hmm. And he actually had an assistant who's like his right-hand man, was a man called Mark Winter. And Mark used to talk a lot about breath work. He was the first person I heard talking about it. And it did seem quite strange. This was probably 10 years ago. It did seem quite strange, like, okay, breathing? Like, <laughs> time to breathe, Ma? Right. <laughs> okay. And so, and then over the years, I've done more and more breath work. I've done the alternate nostril breathing. I've done the breath of fire. Mm -hmm. But I still actually don't know why it works, what it does. And that's one of the things I wanted to find out when I, well, now that I'm here. I'm actually speaking to someone uh, on Friday um, about purely about breath work, and I'd love to stay on track with what I want to speak to you about, which is a woman who runs a spiritual oh, I. So before we do that, can we maybe just leave it a bit mysterious about why it does what it does? We can get to that later in the series. Sure. But can we do, say, three powerful cleansing breaths together with everybody who's watching? Absolutely. Okay. Should we show, tell us how to do it? Yes. 
So the best thing to do is to get yourself centered and really look at your, you know, feel your sits bones on the chair. Okay. Feel balanced in your body and your feet are straight flat on the floor and grounded. Your hands are relaxed. And you're going to take a breath in through your nose and then you're going to exhale through your mouth. Now, when we exhale through the mouth, we're going to make an HA sound, a primordial mortal sound of the universe. And I would like to have you picture sort of an ocean wave going out and pausing in an ocean wave coming in. It will literally sound like the ocean if you're doing it right. Okay. So um, we'll do a couple and then we'll do a little check-in. Okay. And then a couple more. All right. And obviously you guys do it too. Yes, everyone can do it. So we're going to just take a breath in the nose. And I'm going to exhale. Pause and breath in. Pause and breath out. Pause and into the nose. Pause and out through the mouth. So I'm just going to do a little check-in with you right now. How did that feel? And it feels really good. Um, did you find any place where you were not quite in the rhythm? You know, they say your ability to release your breath is directly tied to your ability to let go of stress. So if we can only go, Christine, that's all we're letting go. And the ability to, to receive and pull in and fill yourself up is also an indication up to what degree you're willing to allow the universe to fill up Every cell in the body has a DNA, and every cell in the body is receiving that oxygen. So when we just go, let me go, we're sort of short-circuiting it all and not fully receiving. So when we get in that nice oceanic flow of that ujjayi breath, and we move it slowly, and we're slowly just feeling ourselves up, and we're slowly like letting, releasing it, letting it go. Again, it's a metaphor to what degree we're able to receive in our conscious and soul self body. Hmm, I love that. Okay, interesting. Okay, well, that was beautiful. And for anybody who loved that, we're actually going to be doing more breath work uh, later in this series. But thank you for that little beautiful taste up. <laughs> Amazing. And I love the metaphors. I will think on those. Yes. Just one more quick thing. Mm -hmm. The pause at the bottom and the pause at the top. So it's not just how much breath to let out, but that pause is a metaphor too. So what does it feel like when you're completely empty? Because when you're completely empty of breath, you want to fill it up fast. You go, I'm out of breath. I need to, I need to fill up fast. Mm -hmm. And in our lives, that's what happens. When we get empty, something goes away. We get a divorce. We lose a relationship. We want to 
quickly fill up that space and put someone else in that space, fill up our lives fast. And that's not always the best choice, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I can just pause and be patient and slowly receive this. And pretty soon I will be at the top of my breath. I will be completely full. Yeah. And so what does it feel like to be completely present with your, your breath and be completely present with your full life? In other words, live in an attitude of gratitude. And so as a woman running a spiritual retreat company, it is all about purpose and being in the present moment and this too shall pass and gratitude. So um, I had to practice these in my own life in order to uh, activate them in my retreat company. Okay. So let's talk about your business side. So you used to be a school teacher in Sedona. Yes, both. Cottonwood and Sedona, but in this area. And at what point did you decide, actually, I'm not going to be a teacher anymore. I'm going to run a spiritual retreat. Yeah. So um, I loved what I was doing. I loved being a teacher and I loved connecting with the kids and, and so forth. Um, I am a teacher at heart and I will always be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm a leader at heart. I will always be a leader. Aries rising. <laughs> I knew you were going to say, whatever you can say, I thought she's a Leo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I loved what I was doing. I did it for 15 years. And there comes a point where, you know, it's time for a change and I could feel that in my soul. So I knew I couldn't serve to, to, um, with en enthusiasm and with a passion that I was serving before. So when you feel that, that's when it's time for a change. So I started looking around and realized... Allow yourself that moment of emptiness between... Uh, <laughs> yes. Beginning yes. and becoming a, a spiritual teacher. Yes. So you, you realize that in that moment of emptiness when you can clear the space. And actually what I did is I left a little sabbatical and I went to Hawaii and I went to a school, a holistic school there where I learned about Ayurvedic medicine and all kinds of things um, and came back and realized that that there was so much more that I needed to do. And then I actually left the country and traveled to like 13 countries All right. where I did my own spirit quest. And I went okay. to Tibet and Nepal and Thailand and um, kind of the Eat, Pray, Love book. I sort of did that myself. Okay. Amazing. Could have written that book myself. <laughs> I went to Paris and then I went to India and then I went to uh, Bali and so forth. But um, in this quest, I, I bumped into a lot of people. I met a lot of people in those travels. And I realized that there's just so much more that we can draw from in order to um, in order to work with ourselves and anything. Because what happened was I was going through a divorce and I was going through the dark night of the soul. And so it was more than just being burned out in the uh, teaching uh, arena. It was really a whole transition in my life, right. trying to define the new path and the new meaning. So what year was this? This was, Spirit Quest was started in 2007, and a lot of my travels were around the turn of the century. Okay, 2000. Right. So then what happened? You found a venue, you found... A building which I actually haven't been to, unfortunately. <laughs> I should I should try and make it there before we go. But you found this place. I didn't. I didn't have a place when I started. It was really 
I started working out of my home. Ah, but doing healing work? No, just through the internet, um, presenting a program that people could relate to to say, it's kind of a new paradigm of how to go to a retreat because in the past people would go to a retreat center and it was one program for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what I decided to do was to customize it. So to listen to people's intentions and stories and then have over 60 sessions to choose from. I, I wrote all of them, all the descriptions. What do they include? Oh, everything, Eastern modalities, Western. So they can... They have hypnotherapy, we have uh, breath work, we have sound healing, we have even equine therapy working with the horrors. Wow. We have walking the medicine wheel. We have um, a special permit from the Forest Service to go high on that mountain or down to that creek, climb in that tree. We like to really be experiential because a lot of our clients are already in therapy back home. They're doing the talk thing, which is great. But they need something else that need that that experience of connecting with nature, connecting with themselves. Um, so we do take people out on the land and we're not just sitting in little rooms and talking. We're actually moving our bodies and listen. We also have spa sessions so we can give massages. We do Reiki. We do chakra balancing. And we are trying to do mind, body, spirit. So give you something to help your body, to help deal with your emotions, your mind, and connect with your spirit. Okay. All right. That sounds amazing. And so you've now got this center where all the practitioners come as well as you doing work and people come and they have a basically a customized retreat one-on-one. For about a week. For about a week. Amazing. So let's talk about the business side. Okay. Okay. So obviously you don't probably have business training. You used to be a teacher. I don't. How do you? I did it. How do you? Make, I do now. I can tell you because I do um, a lot of work at the new moon where people are setting their intentions and and sending out wishes to the universe. Something we do every month. And there's always at least two or three people who want to run a healing center. <laughs> so for all of you yes. guys out there who want to run a healing center. Here's someone who's actually done it. She was a teacher and now she runs a beautiful healing center. So how... I'm still a teacher. Are you still a teacher? Yes. You were a school teacher. Yes. And um, how... how but you know what? How did you make the transition from being a school teacher to being a businesswoman? That's what I really want you to explain to people because it feels like such a big mountain to climb. It does. However... You know, when I teach, when I was teaching, there was a reason I went into teaching. That's because I love helping people. So I just knew myself. I love helping people. I love creating curriculum, des- designing things. But let's not, because then people are going to go, oh, she could do that because she was a teacher. No, I'm trying to make the point that whatever I chose to do was driven by how I knew my soul self to be. And you can do that in any capacity. So when I left teaching at a high school, yeah, I'm doing the same things. I'm creating curriculum. I'm a leader. I'm a teacher. I do do sessions. Um, and that's kind of important too, so that when, yes, there's a whole, I'm going to talk in a minute about the logistical side yeah. of it and running a business. But the business is about helping people and the business is about energetically shifting. So if I know nothing about that, it would be a very hard business for me to run. 
I know that in my soul that I can help people that way. And because I can help people that way, I can bring in and have a conversation with my astrologers, have a conversation with my life coaches, have a conversation with my sound therapists and so forth to make sure we're on the same page philosophically. So what I did is I, when I was a teacher, I said, okay, what do you love? You know, what do you want to do in this shift? And then I went to a school. So we have to go and get sort of some of the skills. No, I didn't have a degree in business. I had a degree in education, and I also have a degree in philosophy. I have two separate degrees. Um, but how can I use this same skill set and and my soul's purpose skill set yeah. to do something now that's more in my alignment of my purpose and passion, something I would be excited about? Yeah. So I went to school. And then, so you went to a business school? It was not a business school. It was a holistic school in Hawaii. Okay. Right. But then I also started working online for a retreat company and learned, and I was doing their sales for them. It was more of a corporate retreat where you, you know, team building and really through the coals, things like that. Sorry to interrupt, Catherine, but the, yes. the, the school in Hawaii, that wasn't teaching business skills, though. That was learning more about the holistic healing modalities right and then you went and you worked for a corporate holistic center right so that's a really big clue for people there it's like go and get experience yes go so i just think i'm going to quit my job and set up this healing center that's a brilliant first step because you always need to sort of get things get experience under your belt don't you yes i'm right. glad you brought that up because you know we have to have patience when we're in these transitional points you know, when you plant a seed and the this, the plant sprouts up, it, you might be tempted to run over there and kind of tug on it so it'll just hurry up the process. You'll kill it if you do that, right? <laughs> so you just have to be patient and you have to be, uh, be in the place where you are in your life. And maybe you're just a gatherer of information at that time. And by gathering all these pieces, by going to that event, by going to that workshop, you might meet other people who are in alignment with those types of things. Connections will be made. And at a certain point, you can activate and you can bring that down and get your plan of action and your yeah. goals and, and then make it happen. But to try to jump right to yeah. that point is impossible. You right. have to move in these little steps. So you did the holistic school, you started working for the, the holistic company, and then at what point, so then you started working out of home for yourself a bit? Having yeah, because clients. I was in Hawaii and I said, you know what, why am I here? Sedona draws people from all over the world. That's where my family is. That's, I actually had a house here, right? I was renting out. So I'm like, why don't I go back there? It's the perfect place and launch this business. And the thing is, I started first out of my home and putting it out on the internet and people just gravitated. At the time is ripe for people to work on themselves, let go of that anxiety, that uncertainty. It's ever so pervasive, especially with the COVID thing. Yeah. Um, and people just came and started calling me and I was doing the sessions and then I needed more help. It's like, oh, can you come in and maybe do the massage while I'm doing this? In your house? Yes, in my house. And then slowly it just started growing. I said, oh, I need a space to do this. 
maybe I could send them to other people's spaces. So I started doing that for a little while. But eventually, I needed to land at a retreat center where people could feel grounded and feel like they could arrive and everything was there for Ask you. <laughs> well done, Catherine. Yeah, so that is not easy. No. But you did it very logically. Yeah. And that's how you have to do Steps. it. Steps. Yeah. So what did you do? You went, like, looking for locations? Yes. Did you think, oh, my God, I'm biting off more than I can chew? Well, it's a funny story, right? So I was in a little more office space, right? And I had a lease and our retreat was happening for a young girl and her bodyguard came with her. And I was walking into the building. He was walking out and he reached over and he reached out to me and he put his hand right under on my rib right here and he said, this will be okay. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? But I had been having some issues during my mayor. And he said, this will be okay. And I said, how would you know about that? What is there? I just had, had some issues and some uh, pain in that area. Not heart? Not heart. Um, so that's another story. Okay. I, just for the people, Catherine's putting her hand right underneath her left boom. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, it's a whole other story and I'm writing a book about it, but I did have a tumor the size of a grapefruit behind my lung. Oh my God. And I had to. I had an operation. There's a whole other stories about what happened there. Okay. But anyway, he said, this will be all right. And I said, how did you know that? And he said, well, I'm a medical intuitive. And I said, wow, good for you. And he said, and you're going to be moving your space. And I said, no, I'm not moving my space. I don't want to move. Are you crazy? He said, yes, you're moving to a space with trees and a courtyard and you've outgrown this space. And I, and I just really didn't want to listen to that because it's it's pain to move. Yeah, right. You know. But it's that nice with trees in a courtyard. So I went on my merry way. And literally two weeks later, my landlord said, hey, that building now is for sale. You've, and I my lease had expired. I was on a month to month. I didn't realize it. And he said, and you have one month to move. Yes, I was in panic mode. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? So I started looking and there was nothing on the market. And so I was so upset and I was just sitting uh, at a lunch place and sort of thinking about it. And someone came in and said, did you look at that building over there that was literally I could see out the window and it was not on the market, but there was a little sign there that said for rent. I didn't even know. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go there. Guess what? It had a courtyard, it had trees. Wow. It had, that was like, wow, this is interesting. And that's how it all unfolded. It was the perfect timing. Amazing. Thank you for telling that story. It's a brilliant story. And Tracy Wall, I'm especially thinking of you as I record this because I have this, one, of, one of my lovely readers. She, she wants to start a business and I know she hasn't done it yet. So <laughs> there we go. It's possible. All right, so let's talk about the fact that you're on a spiritual journey, you're on a spiritual quest, you're a spiritual person, and you've got bills and rent and staff and all that. <laughs> so how do you, I mean, I do it as well. Yes. So I suppose just because it's bricks and mortar, it's no different. But how do you, well, how do you combine it all? And, and let's even rephrase it. What advice do you have for women out there who want to run their own business? Like, do you, can you, do you have to stay spiritual? Is it all about integrity? You know, 
Tell us about that song. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, you have to say spiritual. It is about integrity. I would say no matter what career path it is, in our lives as human beings, when we go deep with ourselves and we have a raised awareness, you know, Socrates said, know thyself. Step one is to really have the presence of mind and the awareness that we live in. And we're not distracted by everything constantly that's showing up. Then we can, yes, get that get that organization with our mind that we need, but there's this whole other part of ourselves to remain centered and balanced and in alignment and really touch and connect in to your higher self to say, is this my life path? Is this the direction I need to go? And we listen. We become really good listeners. So I didn't just do this one part of the plan of action, going to the schools and gathering the information. I did all that. But I also worked on this soul self and remaining balanced and getting the tools that I needed um, to have that centeredness. It's very much about left brain and right brain. Exactly. Yeah. So you said to keep the left brain alive and and keep going with the right brain. So you've got, you know, the practical and the intuitive. Because I remember as well, one thing when I was first really starting my business and I was transitioning from being a journalist into um, doing astrology and then, you know, how to make it into a business. um, I remember hearing actually Gabby Bernstein. I don't know if you've heard of Gabby Bernstein, but she talks about a lot about service. And I remember kind of, we had a rather large mortgage at the time. And I remember thinking, okay, I do want to be a service, but I've also got all these bills. (laughs) And it was quite hard. Um, to get my head into the service game. And I, I have done it, thank God, Touchwood. Um, and, and it's changed everything. Once you can actually move past worrying about money, then the money starts to take care of itself once you start to think about being of service. So can you speak to that a little bit? Is that something you have yeah, experienced? That's, too? That's, a t- that's a little bit of a challenge. And some people have the luxury of having the money and so they can just explore different avenues and not worry about that. But many of us, and a lot of us, some of us are single mothers, and we're holding down the fort and paying the mortgage and paying the bills and doing all that. So I wouldn't say, you know, just jump off the cliff. You got to have a plan of action to keep your bills paid and, yeah. and things like that. So you might have to continue to do serve in a job that it might not be your most favorite thing and make the transition slow. Slowly. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Mainly Moonology podcast. If you'd like to stay updated with the moon and moonology and astrology and all the other things we cover, be sure to subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You'll be notified whenever a new episode is up. Also, it would mean a lot to me and my team if you could leave us a glowing five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, please. That actually helps more people find us too, which spreads the love and surely also brings you amazing karma for taking a moment to help us out and to help other people find the podcast. Have a great week and I hope to speak to you next week. Lots of love.